Luke chapter 2, 9 through 19 says this. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy. Uh, I teed it up. I, it was, that was my fault. Let me, let me try again. <laughs> and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy. Oh, yeah, there you go. That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ our Lord. I bring to you good tidings of great joy. Why is this? Why, why, why is it great news? Why is it great joy? Well, one of the reasons why this is great news is because who it is that has come. That God himself is bringing to us Christ. And I want to talk a little bit about what this Christ is like. Why is this good news? It wouldn't be good news if we were the enemy of God, obviously. That's terrible news. But we're not the enemy of God. It's great news because God has actually come to be with us. And I want to point out a couple aspects of God's character as we look at this time of Advent where we're, where we're meditating on joy. I want to focus on why is it that we should be joyful? And if we're lacking joy, maybe why, why are we lacking joy? What is it that we might be doing um, that is maybe getting in the way of joy? And what could we do so that we can take advantage of this great joy? But there's some aspects of joy that are really quite key. Joy, how many of you guys know that joy is our strength? Are you guys familiar with that concept? That joy is our strength? That concept first emerges we hear about it in Nehemiah, going back to the time of Jerusalem has been laying in ruins. God sends Nehemiah to fulfill the word of the Lord that he's going to rebuild the city. And they've been, they've been rebuilding. The, the, gate is, the walls are now up. And the people are beginning to assemble. They, but they haven't been living according to the law. They haven't been living according to the, the statutes and the testimonies of God and how many of you guys know that the law was written so that we would know how to love our neighbor as ourself? Jesus says the whole law is summarized in this. Love God with all your heart, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what the whole law and the prophets is about. So this whole group of people has been restoring Jerusalem, but they haven't been hearing the law. They've just been living and doing their best, okay? And so Nehemiah brings together the Levites, and he has them start reading the scriptures to them. And they haven't heard it. And as they're hearing it, listen to what happens. Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day, okay, I've got to give you a little more pretext here, I'm sorry. As he begins to read the law to them, they begin to recognize how far they are from actually living according to the law, how far they are from the glory of God. There's a standard of goodness that God has given them, and they're realizing we don't live like that at all. And so they actually start weeping and crying because they recognize, like, we're so far from living in the way that God has asked us to live, and so they just start grieving. They're like, this is horrible, God. We've, we've sinned. We've fallen short. We don't know what we're doing. And so then, let me read it to you. So Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. 
For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. And then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's where we hear that phrase, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't be grieved. Now's not the time to be grieved over how far you've fallen from the, from the statutes of the law. The Lord is restoring everything. The Lord is restoring. He's, built the, he's helped you to build the wall around Jerusalem. He's bringing us back into the city of Jerusalem. He's restoring and rebuilding. I know you're hearing these things in the scriptures that we're far short of it. But listen, this day is holy unto the Lord. He says, don't grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And it's this idea of that, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Don't be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and to make great rejoicing, because they had understood the words that were declared to them. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, this is a huge aspect for us to grab a hold of, because how many of you guys know it says in the Scriptures... It says that the kingdom of heaven, in Romans 14, 7, the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We're, we're not just here running through the motions, singing songs on Sundays, listening to a scripture, eating some food together, taking communion. There's, we certainly do that, but there's even more than that. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. So there's something for us in this aspect of the kingdom. We are to be people of joy. Do you believe that? And in fact, the scripture says that the joy of the Lord is our strength, which means this. If we're lacking joy, we're lacking strength. How many of you guys have noticed that there's plenty of pain in the world? Plenty of pain. Plenty of tears. Plenty of anger, plenty of brokenness, plenty of disappointment, discouragement. World's already got that. But you know what? There is a lack of joy. And we're the people of God carrying the presence of God to release the kingdom of God in everything that we do. But the only way that we can keep doing that is through the joy of the Lord. That's where we're, that's where we're strengthened. That's where we're able to keep running this good race in the midst of those things. There's a... There's a great quote from a book I really enjoyed uh, called The Great Good Thing uh, by Andrew Claven, and it's a story of his, his coming to Christ. He was, in fact, the, uh, the, sub, the subtitle is A Great Good Thing, A Secular Jew Comes to Faith in Christ. Is the, is, it's his biography. But he says this, this is a quote, for years I had languished in that typical young intellectual's collusion that gloom and despair are the romantic lot of the brilliant and the wise. But now I saw it wasn't so. Why should it be? What sort of wisdom has no joy in it? What good is wisdom without joy? By joy, I don't mean willed stupidity for the sake of, cheap, of a cheap smile. The world is sad and it is suffering. A tragic sense is essential to realism and compassion. By joy, I mean a vital love of life in both sorrow and gladness. Why not? The hungry can't eat your tears. The poor can't spend them. They are no comfort to the afflicted, and they don't bring the wicked to justice. Everything useful that can be done in the world can be done in joy. Isn't that a great quote? 
there is a certain temptation in this world to not enter into joy. And, and I think there's a certain thing, it's like, as though it's like, it's like wise and measured and good to not get too happy about things. You know, if you're not outraged, you're not paying attention, that sort of thing, right? There's a certain cynicism and it leaks into our lives a little bit because it's the water that we swim in. And so it's easy to kind of find ourselves just sort of being normalized, this certain sense of de depression and discouragement and sadness over the broken things. And certainly we can weep with those who weep. But there's also something that Christ has given us that we should expect, that we do live in, that we do have to offer, and that's joy. We actually have joy to offer, but not just our joy, not just circumstantial happiness. Has anybody ever gotten a gift that was really something you'd been waiting for and you just feel great about it? This is amazing. I feel super joyful right now. Well, that's awesome, but that's not the joy of the Lord. That's, that's circumstantial happiness, which is wonderful. It's great when you get something that you were hoping for. That's great, but it's circumstantial because when that thing breaks or when something else goes wrong, then you're quite sad, you're quite discouraged, you're quite despondent because that's also circumstantial. So our joy has to go beyond just circumstances. And that's something that we have in Christ that's different than what this world has to offer. So what is that something? What is that joy like? And specifically, what is it about the joy of the Lord that's different than other kinds of joy? Well, the first thing that we see is this. When we look at the joy of the Lord, we are able to have joy because it's in His. It doesn't say yours and I's joy, which I just talked about, circumstantial joy. It's the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So what is his joy? Well, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 actually shows us what his joy is. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What was the joy that was set before Jesus? Who said it? Somebody said us. We're, we're it. We are the joy that was set before Christ that caused him to endure the cross. Jesus endured the cross because he wanted us to be reconciled to the Father and to him. His joy is us. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we sort of know that. We know that he loves us. But there's something about looking at the way that, that God has framed this, that the perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He endured the cross to save us from sin and death and to have us back. In fact, in John 15, he says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you my friends. Isn't that wild? The fact that God... His joy is actually us, that he likes to be with us. How many of you guys, if you will, I want to I do a little exercise here. We're going to go back in time. So we're just going to close our eyes for a minute. Just close your eyes. I've got mine closed. Just close your eyes. We're going to go back in time here. And picture yourself, maybe you were a freshman in high school. Maybe 
you're somewhere in middle school. I mean, you know, like those vulnerable times when you're surrounded by a whole bunch of peers, okay? And you're in those awkward moments too, right? You've got like that zit that you're embarrassed of. You're, you're wearing that shirt that doesn't fit you quite right. And you just, you're having one of those days. Are you there? Are you seeing it? And then you look down the hall. You're in the hallway, and you look down the hall, and here comes that person, right? That cool person. That person that everybody knows and you want to be known by. Maybe it's that super beautiful girl that you've always noticed and you're just secretly deeply in love with her and she has no idea who you are. Or maybe it's that awesome guy that you're just like, oh, and he, they're walking right towards you. You see him walking towards you and they see you and their face lights up in a big smile. You're just like, this is amazing. And so you're just like, this is it. This is the day I've been waiting for. They're looking right at you and they're waving. And you're, so you are like, is this happening? So you look right at them and you start to wave. You raise your hand, you see your hand up there and you're just kind of waving a little bit like, oh, hi. I can't believe this is happening. Hi. And right as they get to you, they notice that you're looking at them and waving and they look at you like, what the heck's wrong with you? And they walk right past you and hug the person that was standing behind you. Do you, who here has experienced that? It's horrible, isn't it? You're just like, Ah, like you feel so dumb and rejected and worthless and embarrassed. You just want to like go put yourself in a locker. <laughs> We've all had like that kind of an experience. And it's, it's visceral, huh? Like I feel like everybody's probably going to go home and just be like, I just need to pray and be with Jesus. Just remembering what that was like. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. With Jesus, he's not looking past you. He's looking right at you, and he's like, you're my friend, and I want to know you, and I want you with me. I want you rolling too deep in my car listening to my beats. Like, I want to be with you. I choose you. I want to be with you. I think you're awesome. And it's not, it's not, I think love loses its meaning for us Christians a little bit, so I want to say it like this. Jesus is like, I super like you. I super like you and I want to be friends with you. You make me laugh. You are hilarious. I love how you roll. I love how you think. I love how you were made. I want to be friends with you. And my great joy is if you would choose to be my friend. That is the joy of the Lord. He endured the cross so that we could become his friends. That's what the Bible says. He endured the cross so that we could be his friends. John 15 says, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you my friends because I tell you everything that I'm doing. That is a wild thing for us to think about, that we actually have a God who likes us. I don't know about you guys, but I kind of had a rut in my life where I'm like, well, he doesn't really like me. He just has to love me because it's like the rules for God. Like God made this rules for himself, and he's like, I have to love these guys. They're jerks, especially Josh. Super annoying, but, you know, the father's like, yeah, I killed my son, so I have to love Josh. You know, like, just this horrible, I mean, who do you think tells us this? This has got to be some Satan press going on, just like the worst. But this weird relationship with the reality, but the, but the truth is, the truth is, there is good tidings of great joy because Emmanuel, God with us, wants to be with us. And Jesus is like, I like you, and my joy, the reason why I suffered was because my great joy is to be with you and you with me. And when we 
think about that. When we are actually present with him, because how many of you guys know, I just mentioned the Holy Spirit, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're actually present with God. How many of you guys know that Jesus said, it's good that I go. In fact, in, uh, in John 15, he says to them, listen, he's talking to us. He says, I'm praying for all of you that you would be with me as I'm with the Father, you and one. And, and he says this, but it's good that I go. I have to go away. And the reason why is because then the Holy Spirit will come. And the Holy Spirit, who gives us righteousness, peace, and joy, will teach you all things. And behold, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age, through the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be with him. And through the Holy Spirit, we're actually with him. And he likes it. And we have access to that. And when you and I are actually present with the Lord, we're strengthened in that joy. And it's his joy. Can you receive that? When we, now there's some things that happen, and, and I want to just kind of diagnose this a little bit for ourselves, because how many of you guys have those days, right, where it's just very hard to be joyful? I mean, just to be completely forthright with you, this week, I had to like battle and I knew I was preaching on joy. I was like, Jason, you know, I'm like, I mean, I expect Jason to struggle. He's an artist. He's a writer. You know, he's always like, oh, I'm so deep. I have to go down there and wrestle around my feelings. I'm not like that. I'm not like that. I'm not, I don't have to be a true artist. I'm like, this is terrible. I'm going to do something fun. So he's, <laughs> I expected. <laughs> so I expected that for when he was going to preach on peace, that he was having a hard time with peace. But this week was horrible for me. And I was just dying, trying to like get into a place of joy. I'm like, I'm going to have to get up there and just full on, just cash some grace checks and just lie to these guys and pretend like I'm living this. I'm just kidding. I don't lie to you guys. Um, but I was like, Lord, what is happening with this joy thing? And to be honest, this last season, that's been challenging for all of us, hasn't it? To walk in peace, to walk in joy. So I want to diagnose some of this to say, okay, Lord, when we're not walking in joy, which means we're not walking in strength, then what could be some things that are going on with us when you have said that the joy of the Lord is our strength and you said, I'm always with you, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, then that means I have an expectation and access to your strength and your joy through being with you. So the first thing that we need to look at is if my joy level is low, then one thing we can look at, we just touched on it, is am I present with the Lord? Like, am I taking time to be present with the Lord? Am I recognizing that I actually have power? And this is huge right here. You and I actually have power to bless the Lord. Did you catch this? Like, his joy is to be with us. And when you and I decide to, like, be present with him, it gives him joy. Have you ever had somebody that just like called you up and just said, hey, listen, I, I just wanted to call you up because the other day I was, you know, at work with you or whatever, let's use an example, and I saw that thing that went down and I just noticed like that must have sucked. Like I saw how that went down and it was, that was rough, man. And then you just go, are you all right? Like, are you okay? Because I saw that thing that happened to you and if I had gone through that, that would have been hard. And so I just want to call and say, man, I love you. Are you doing okay? Do you need anything? Because I know you're awesome, and that was a bummer. They just empathize with you. How loved do you feel in that moment that they noticed what was going on with you and then reached out to, be, to connect with you? And just like, I feel loved right now. And then what happens? Joy. You're like, 
oh, somebody is with me. And you get strengthened by that. Well, here's the thing. Jesus is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the friend that is with you, that it's his joy for you to choose him, and he wants to comfort you like that. And you have power to give him his heart's desire by simply saying, I like being your friend too. And I want to be with you. And as you and I focus on that, here's the thing that's interesting. You guys, I think that in this life sometimes we forget that we have some power moves, right? I don't know about you, but I like power moves. I don't like feeling like I don't have power. Does anybody in here like being powerless? Does anybody in here that's just like, no, not me, man. I like being a pawn. I just want people to just push me around, tell me what I'm doing. I just want to be like a robot pawn for Jesus. No, you don't. We want to have some power moves. I want to be powerful. I don't want somebody to be able to have all the power over me. I want a power move. Well, you guys, we have a power move in that we get to choose to be present with the Lord. And when we are present with him, we feel his joy. Did you catch that? We're actually aware of his joy, but there's something else that happens. We feel our joy. When I know somebody loves me, they're not capable of literally like, Karen can't put her love into my heart and my brain. She does loving things and is present with me, and then my heart and my brain go, she loves me. And I feel that. And it gives me joy and strength. Guys, that's the same thing with God. When we see that he actually chooses us and wants us, that's where that strength comes from. That's where that joy comes from. So for you and I, as we're walking through this life, if we're noticing, I have a lack of joy. This could be one of those areas. There's a second area I want to bring up. In um, Hebrews 1, 8 through 9, it says this, speaking of Jesus. It was originally in Psalms as well, but in Hebrews, he's quoting the Psalms. So here it is. But to the Son, your throne, God, is forever and ever, and the scepter of your kingdom is the scepter of justice. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness, and this is why God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy isn't that amazing? Let me read it again. He says, your throne, God, is forever, and the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of justice. Aren't you guys glad that God's committed to justice? Like, imagine if he was just sort of like, no, 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 no. I died so that you could just do whatever you want. So I just like, I just want to give you a free check to live however you like, because I don't care what you do. I just died so that you could just do whatever you want. That's not love. That'd be horrible. That's a hot mess. No, he actually wants us to live in the same way that he lives and love in the same way that he loves. So it's greater than just this permissive, sloppy love. Just go do whatever you want. I died for you. It doesn't matter now. No, no, no. He loves justice. His scepter is the scepter of justice. And he goes further. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. So God is saying to Jesus, you've loved righteousness. You hated lawlessness, meaning you rejected certain things that are destructive to your relationship with God and your relationship with other people. That's what lawlessness is. It's just self-centered pride where I just make my own way, okay? Lawlessness. You hated that. Then it says, and this is why God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy. You love righteousness and you hate lawlessness. And this is why God has anointed you, Jesus, 
with the oil of joy. And then Jesus, when he's speaking with us, he says in John 15, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy would be in you, and that your joy may be full. The one who is anointed with joy, because he hates lawlessness and loves righteousness, wants his joy, his anointing of joy, his fullness of joy, to abide in us so that our joy will be full. So what does that mean for us? It means that if there's a lack of joy in our lives right now, one area that could be there is that we have started being lawless. And when we do that, what it does is it causes us to actually grieve our own soul to where we're not aware of his joy, we're not receiving the anointing that's ours in Christ because we're doing the opposite of what Christ does. There's a song I really enjoy, and one of the refrains in it is, so many compromises to get me through the day. And I, sometimes that'll go through my mind, like all those little things that we can do to get through the day. But why do we do that? Why are we doing that? It's probably because we're, instead of being present with the Lord in each thing that we're doing and allowing our joy in Him and that power through the Holy Spirit being present with Him to help us to have strength for what we're doing, we're starting to make all these little compromises. And it, it can just be, you know, honestly, I feel like I'm not going to try to list it, but they're just those little compromises, and little by little, what you notice is you go from having the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, to love your neighbor as Christ loves them, to being irritable, unforgiving, bitter, cynical, drinking too much, eating too much, making excuses, finding other medications. Like, there's all these things that start to happen when we have a lack of joy, amen? And all I want to say is that when we find ourselves in that place, check with the Holy Spirit and simply say, Lord, is there an area where I'm actually, like, just practicing lawlessness? It's just this permissiveness of, like, well, what's it really matter, right? And the next thing you know, you're like, I don't have joy anymore. What happened? Did I grieve the Holy Spirit of God? Did I grieve my own spirit? Is there something I'm doing that's actually causing me, instead of looking at the Lord, I'm looking in other places, and it's actually depleted that joy, which is mine. Because you guys, as I said, the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And if I'm missing joy, I'm missing like a third of what's available to me in the kingdom. So let the Spirit of God, I mean, I just want to invite you to sort of let that be an indicator. If I have a lack of joy, check in with the Lord. Lord, is there an area where instead of being anointed with joy, I'm actually going against the character of Jesus? And, and then just turn from it. I mean, it's that quick. Just, oh, Lord, I'm sorry about that. You know, one of the things that I've been having to battle for, and I already talked to you guys about this, and we'll, we'll close with this, has been my attitude. My attitude towards other people. And not, not, not y'all, you guys are perfect. But, um, but it has been, no, my attitude has been, I've had a really hard time managing my attitude towards, um, well, honestly, I'll just be totally forthright, I've already told you, but towards leaders right now. So frustrating, some of the, the short-sighted things that leaders are doing right now. And I get so upset, and I'll just be, ah, and, and then, I'll, but I'll recognize like, man, I am feeling anger. I'm feeling anxiety. I'm feeling powerless. A power move. And so I'll notice that. The joy is missing. Okay, Lord, what do I do? And he'll remind me. He'll be like, will you just 
like I'll be by myself in the car. Do you guys ever have conversations with people that aren't there in the car? Yeah, it's real helpful. And uh, yeah, and so the Lord's like, you just said a bunch of garbage that's essentially a curse. So you need to repent, and then you need to bless that person. And I already preached a whole sermon on this, but I've had to go back. And as soon as I bless that person, just like, Father, I just bless that leader in the name of Jesus, that you, God, would cause them to know you as you are, to know themselves as you know them, Lord, and that they would walk in the anointing and the power and the wisdom and the humility that you have given them, that it would come from your heart. And Lord, that, that they would make decisions that when they stand before you, you can say, well done, good and faithful servant. And let them not be manipulated by the enemy or any other person. But Lord, that they would work towards your justice and your peace and your liberty. In Jesus' name, amen. By the time I get done with that prayer, my joy is back. Because I was, I was operating in lawlessness. I was crossing over into the enemy's territory. Does that make sense? It's a small compromise. No one else even heard it. No one else knows that I was talking all that smack. Just me and Jesus. But Jesus is like, that's not what you're built for. And, and so, so I want to just bring it to those two things. We'll close with that. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It is the Lord's great joy to be present with us. And we find our great joy by being present with him through the Holy Spirit. And if we're missing anything in this life in the area of joy, may we return to that place and simply ask, Holy Spirit, will you fill me again? And will you show me if there's any place in my heart, whether, Lord, is there a place of unforgiveness where I need to repent, where I'm cutting myself off from joy because I refuse to forgive? Is there a place, whatever it is, Lord, show me what that is. And the Holy Spirit will show you because you know what? The Holy Spirit likes you. Jesus wants to be friends with you. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. Can you guys receive that? All right, if you want to stand up, I want to pray for you. And I do believe that there are many more cinnamon rolls from, uh, from the cinnamon roll team led by Doug Easterday and his merry band of happy elves. So please help yourself before you leave. But I want to just pray over you. Just put your hands out. And I want to do a, a, a repeat prayer, if that's okay, a call and repeat prayer. If you agree with it, say it. If not, just pray in the Spirit. Lord God, we thank you for Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you like us. We choose you back. We ask that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us again today. If there's any place in my life that is grieving you, let me know and help me to change it. Let your joy be my strength. Amen. I love you guys. Merry Christmas season. We'll see you next week.